0: Chapter One I forced my eyes open to confront another Monday and immediately regretted it. I couldn't remember why I had allowed Tom to get me tanked on wine on a Sunday night, but I was sure this hangover was going to linger longer in my memory. Every cell of my body hurt, my stomach churned, and my brain pounded against its cage with fury. I stifled a groan, rolled on to my side and reached for my husband, finding only cool, empty sheets. Behind closed lids, I rolled my eyes and then regretted that too. Even after all the wine we consumed the night before, he was already out for his morning run. I would never understand how, after an evening dedicated to drinking every last fermented grape in the house, he could possibly commit to all that bouncing around and then actually do it without hurling into the bushes. But come six o'clock every weekday morning, rain or shine, hangover or no, he set off for his run. Not that I didn't enjoy the benefits of his dedication. Just over twenty-one years after we'd first met, Tom was still the most desirable man I knew. I crept out of bed and cast one last yearning glance back at it. Instead of crawling back in and sleeping away my hangover like I ached to do, I straightened the covers enough to make the bed presentable, making it properly required more energy than I could muster. I stumbled into the adjoining bathroom and caught sight of myself in a mirror. God, Henry, you look as bad as you feel. I grumbled. After downing a glass of water and a few pills to battle my headache, I began my morning routine. Shave, shower, and then breakfast for both of us. Friday had been incredibly hectic at work, and Monday, being Monday, promised to be the same or worse. It was always that way at the end of a fiscal quarter. My team invariably spent days explaining to the brass just how so many of their supposedly brilliant decisions had caused a financial loss to the company, Exileer Global. Somehow, even with all our explanations, dire warnings, and unheeded advice, that list of bad choices grew longer each time. This quarter's loss was the seventh consecutive and one of the largest in the company's 117-year history, second only to the one after the financial meltdown of 2008. It was my job to fling logical explanations and recovery recommendations at the blank wall of corporate honchos and hope one of them stuck. None would. they never did. Tom still hadn't returned by the time I'd finished eating, which wasn't altogether unusual for him. His architecture firm in the North Panhandle District, Nopa for short, was close enough to our Ashbury Heights neighborhood that he could start to work later than me. Some mornings, when he was back in time and wanted to get an early start on the work day, we'd enjoy the five-minute walk together to the corner of Frederick and Masonic. There I would give him a kiss goodbye before dashing over to Cole and Carl to catch the end line to the financial district, while Tom continued his walk up to Grove Street. Some mornings he met with his best friend Jamie, and they ran Buena Vista Park together. The one time I'd gone there with him, I had been so unnerved by the recycled headstones lining the paths as rain gutters that Tom had never asked me to go there again. Most mornings he ran alone in Golden Gate Park. Occasionally, he would get caught up talking to the old woman who tended the flower beds in the Queen Wilhelmina Tulip Garden. He probably knew more about her and her family than I did about his. Matthew and Althea McKinnon still hated me, and my presence in Tom's life. Although they were usually on their best behavior in their son's presence, they were passive-aggressive enough to show it whenever Tom stepped out of the room. It didn't matter to them that I had loved their only child faithfully and to the best of my ability for 21 years. It didn't matter that because of that love we had adopted C.J., providing them with their only grandson. It only mattered that I wasn't the woman they had always envisioned their son marrying. I'd long ago given up trying to win them over. To his credit, Tom wasn't oblivious to his parents' behavior. He'd spoken to them repeatedly over the years. They would do better for a short period before falling back into their old habits.